What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you and your loved ones are doing well. I pray that you had a wonderful week. And y'all, I just want to go ahead and say Merry Christmas. I didn't want to miss this opportunity to say a Merry Christmas. I do know that this Sunday is Christmas, but again, I'm not going to be on here until next Friday. And so Merry Christmas to you and your family. I'm praying that God's peace, joy, and glory to show up and show out in your life, in your family's life during this Christmas season. Now, y'all, today we continue our series, Kingdom Gospel Church. We continue our series with part four. Excuse me, because I know last week I said we'll continue with part three, but this is actually part four of our series. And on tonight's episode, we will be focusing on um, the gospel, right? Kingdom Gospel Church. What is the gospel? And I also want to continue to touch bases a little bit more in regards to kingdom, all right? And as well as certain features or aspects concerning the church. But for the main part, I want us to focus focus, excuse me, on the gospel message. What is the gospel? And so if you don't mind, wherever you are, please go ahead and just keep your Bible pages open to Luke 4, um, verse 18. Now, before we go ahead and read Luke 4, verse 18, I just want to quickly just go ahead and share with you the meaning of the term gospel. And the word gospel, it comes from the Latin word evangelium, which means good news or good story. And so many of us growing up, when we hear the term gospel, we would hear people say, I have come to bring the good news. Amen. And so that is what gospel means. Good news, good story. And the gospel is actually God's story to humanity. Now, if you go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter three, it shows us the fall of man. It shows us the fall of Adam and Eve. And some of us, we may think that the gospel story begins in the gospels, right? Begins in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But if you think about it, the gospel story actually began right in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we see God is already foreshadowing what Jesus would do for us right on the cross. In Genesis chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve, they, they, they disobeyed God. And as soon as they disobeyed God... They received knowledge. They became aware that they were naked. And because they became that they they became aware that they were naked, you can say that they felt shame, right? They became shameful. And as a result, the scripture tells us that they sewed leaves together to clothe themselves. But if you go down in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it shows us that you know God Himself made garments for Adam and Eve. From the skin of animals, he made garments for Adam and Eve, and God himself, he clothed them. You can say as well, this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus' righteousness has done for us, those of us who believe in him, those of us who have given Jesus Christ our lives, those of us who truly believe that he came and died in our place and resurrected on the third day to bring us eternal life and reconciliation um, with Father God. Another thing that I really want us um, to pay mind to is that the Jesus himself concerning his life, his death and resurrection were all prophesied since in the Old Testament. And so we see the gospel is really being highlighted even in the Old Testament scriptures, especially in the books, which, you know, they're um, 
they are called the the prophets right the book of uh, uh, different books for example the book of Isaiah the book of Jeremiah and in particular in the book of Isaiah in the ninth chapter you see that is prophesying Jesus and is calling Jesus wonderful counselor and is saying that Jesus he would have the government on his shoulder now we are in the christmas season and during this time we are reflecting on the birth of Jesus Christ and the birth of Jesus Christ has been long prophesied since in the book of Isaiah and not only has his birth been prophesied but again as we have already shared his death and resurrection also has been prophesied you see y'all what amazed me is that God already had in mind to send Jesus to bring complete restoration to humanity. Sometimes we are used to this story, right? Sometimes we are so used to the gospel story that often we neglect the significance of this story. Sometimes we don't take it to heart the grandeur of this story. But I really want as a result of this series i really want this series to encourage you to never forget the importance of the gospel to the point where that you connect the gospel story to your life every single day you see we should not be reminded of the gospel story just during this time of year or just during the 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 the, the easter season right the resurrection season the resurrection day but we should always be focusing on the gospel story every single day of our lives because apart from the gospel story we have no life to be straight up honest with you it is in fact because of the gospel you and I we are here this very day it's because of the gospel you and I have a purpose you and I have a reason to always have momentum to live our lives for the glory of God Now as I stated earlier I told you to open your Bible pages to Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 we see Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61 verse 1 and so this is what Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says y'all this is Jesus speaking he says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so here's Jesus quoting Isaiah 61 verse 1. And literally in a nutshell, this my friends is the gospel message. This is the gospel message. And what I love about this particular scripture is that it's speaking both in the physical realm and it's also speaking things of the spiritual. Jesus said that the spirit of the Lord is on him, right? Which is the Holy Spirit. And he's saying that he is anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I really want to go ahead and break this down with you all. Now, again, I stated this a few minutes a few seconds ago that Jesus is both uh speaking concerning the spiritual and he's also speaking concerning the physical. So when Jesus was roaming the earth, when Jesus was literally in Israel, we can see through the gospels right through the book of Matthew through the book of Luke through the book of John and Mark we saw Jesus healing the blind 
We saw uh, Jesus setting the captives free. Amen. We saw, um, again, Jesus um, healing those who were mute. We saw Jesus causing the lame to walk. But if you look deeper within this text, especially when it says here the recovery of sight for the blind, Jesus in this particular text as well, he is speaking concerning those who were blind spiritually, those who were walking in darkness, and yet they had no clue that they were walking in darkness. When Jesus here is saying he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, he's not just talking about those who were literally in prison. You know, he wasn't talking about the criminal who was hanging on the cross next to him, right? During his crucifixion. But he was talking about those who were prisoners of sin. Those who were prisoners and they were already ready to go to hell if in fact they did not choose the gospel message they did not choose jesus as lord and savior of 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 their lives so jesus he's talking about those who are prisoners to their own lustfulness those who are prisoners to their own their own sinful nation right those who are prisoners to their thoughts thoughts that causes them you know to live in you know live in an anxious um, state of mind live in fear live in condemnation oh my goodness And he says in the text, he came to proclaim good news to the poor. You can say the poor here in this context is not just those who are poor when it comes to the fact that they have no money. But they're saying, but he was also saying here, those who were poor in the sense that they didn't have no, uh, um, you know, they didn't have no um, knowledge concerning the kingdom of God. And so they were poor in that regards. But he came to bring them the good news. And again, the good news meaning he came to bring restoration uh, to humanity. Jesus knew that humanity had no hope unless he came, right? Unless he left his glory from the kingdom of heaven and came to the earth, being born of flesh, to be able to die in our place in order to save us from sin, to save, save us from death, and to save us from condemnation and the wrath of God. This, my friends, is the gospel message. But the gospel message doesn't just stop there. The gospel message continues because, in fact, the gospel message is also about us becoming transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. And often I feel that this portion of the gospel message is not being preached as much as it should be preached. Have you ever wondered concerning the gospel message in that lighting? That the gospel message is not just you receiving Jesus, but that the gospel message is in fact you becoming like Jesus? How many of us are in fact living our lives to become like Jesus? Yes, I know you probably heard people say that only the spirit of Christ is able to change you, which is true. But at the same time, as we have shared with you from the last episode, faith without works is dead. You have to make that decision every single day that you want to become more like Christ. You have to make that decision as well, that during your prayer time, you're asking the Holy Spirit and you're saying to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, bless me to be like Christ. Make in me a clean and pure heart. Bless me to hunger after God's righteousness, to hunger after God's word. Amen.
very quickly y'all i want you to go ahead and open your bible pages to romans chapter one i want us to go ahead and read the entire chapter um romans chapter one and this is paul speaking here and paul really um in a nutshell give us a good understanding in regards to the gospel message just in the few verses in romans chapter one um, but truly, I want to go ahead and read the entire chapter with you. And then we're going to continue to just dialogue concerning what we've read. And this is what Paul says. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And I already love this so far, especially when it comes to verse 2. You guys see that? It says the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures is being referred to as, again, the Old Testament, right? Um, the, the prophetic books such as Isaiah, Jeremiah. Amen. And Paul continues in verse uh and Paul continues in verse 5, he says, Through him we receive grace and apostleship. And he's speaking concerning himself. So Paul is saying he, right Paul, um, received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. I want to pause right there. I love what verse 6 said, said right there. It says, and you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. This is as well, it's in regards to the gospel message. And so the gospel message is about us as well belonging to Jesus Christ. The gospel message, the good news, is what integrates us into the family of Christ, into the family of God. To believe in the gospel means that you now recognize yourself as belonging to Jesus, as being redeemed by Christ. Let's continue to verse 7. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your Father is being reported all over the world. Hallelujah. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you. In my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 
Oh, wow. Go ahead and highlight that particular scripture, verse 16, Romans 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews, then to the Gentile. And so in verse 16, verse 16 is showing us, in fact, the gospel is what brings salvation. The good news is what brings salvation. And it tells us that people receive salvation because of the power of God. And as I explained in the previous two episodes, the power of God is in fact as well the Holy Spirit that resides within every believer who have accepted the gospel message, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And this is very important for us to understand when it comes to the gospel, that the gospel is not just a story, right? It's not just a literature uh, a story. It's not just a um a real life account but it is a story that holds weight it is a story that is transformational it is a story that has tangible power it is a story that is a is able to change anyone it is a story as well that produces miracles it is a story that also brings forth deliverance amen And so verse 17 continues and it says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Go ahead and highlight verse 17 as well. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith by faith. I love how it says that the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ revealed to us the righteousness of God. It reveals to us the nature of God. It reveals to us the the complete nature of God. It showed us God as judge. It showed us God as love, of course, and it showed Again, it showed us God as being a God who cannot stand sin, who cannot stand wickedness, who cannot stand darkness. The Bible makes it clear to us that when Jesus was on the cross, all of our sins, the sins of of humanity, every human being was resting upon Christ. And not just our sin, but every sickness and every disease was also resting upon Jesus. So Jesus was literally being judged by God. He was literally being judged by God for everything that human beings have done. My goodness. And so it revealed to us the righteousness of God, meaning it showed us how God truly uh, is serious when it comes to justice, when it comes to uh, a, a sin, when it comes to um, evil, how he disdained those things, how he can't stand these things. But it also shows us that only God is able to bring a righteous verdict only god is able to bring a true judgment and only god was able to save us with his own hand many times even in the old testament god would always say i will save this nation with my own hand for my name's sake and so only god was able to step in And save us from wickedness, save us from the power of darkness, save us from the power of sin. And so clearly we can see God's righteousness through the gospel message. You know, some people will always say, how can a good God allow evil things to happen? But they always dismiss the gospel message. 
if they were to just see the gospel message, if they were to just see that in fact, the God that they say that is, again, how can he be so good but allow evil to happen in the world? If they could have just seen how God has, you know, you know, permitted every single type of evil to have rested upon Jesus during that dark day when he was on the cross in our place, I'm telling you. They would have different views. Many of them would have different views. And many of them, just like the scripture tells us in verse 17, they would have finally seen the righteousness of God being revealed in that manner. Let's continue to verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. We just kind of a little bit spoke about that just now. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You know, this is something I also until this day can't understand. Like, how can someone be an atheist? And this is what the scripture is saying. God revealed his invisible quality all around us, even in nature. You know, when you see the sky, when you see the trees, when you see the animals, you can see that, in fact, we did not create these things, right, as human beings. And the animals did not create um, themselves, right? The tree didn't just create itself. The sky didn't just create this itself. There had to be a creator. And so this is what the scripture is saying. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And we see this is what's going on right now. Instead of people worshiping the one true living God, people would rather worship themselves. People would ra rather worship um, money. People would rather um, worship their possessions. People would rather worship the media. People would rather uh, worship their own desires. People would rather worship their dreams. People would rather, um, again, worship an image. People would rather create something and call it their God instead of truly looking around, even in nature, looking at themselves as well. Adam Analyzing their body and thinking, wow, I have two eyes, I have two ears. Who made me? Instead of really asking those type of questions and seeing that, in, again, a creator made them, they rather pretend as if God does not exist or create their own God to worship. Let's continue to verse uh, 22. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. Let's pause right here. 
And so God is in heaven. God is in his in his throne in his kingdom right in heaven. And he sees how um, wicked um, mankind has become, right? They have given themselves completely to their lust. They have given themselves completely to what is false. Instead of worshiping him, right? Instead of worshiping God, they began to worship their own desires. They began to worship themselves. And so God, he ends up giving them a depraved mind. So basically it's like God saying, this is what you want. I'm not even going to convict you anymore. I'm not even going to try to stop you. I'll, I'll just let you be. I'll just let you suit yourself. And that is what it means right there. And so many of us, we have to as well remember that God is not a dictator, that God has given every person free will. And the reason why God has given every person free will is because God wants each and every one to receive them, excuse me, receive him on their own, right? He doesn't want to force people to worship him. He wants the worship to be genuine. He, do, he doesn't want people to force to be forced, excuse me, to worship him, to accept him as their as um, as their God. He wants you to make that decision freely. We can only imagine how God might feel right now. To see until now, even after the fact that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for them, to die for them, they are still rejecting God until this day. And yet the gospel message is a message of good news that you don't have to do anything except accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of, the, of your lives. Now, when I say you don't have to do anything, I'm not saying here to just say you believe in Jesus and yet you don't pick up your cross. But I'm saying that the gospel message is a message that is free in the sense that you don't have to pay for the gospel message, you don't have to pay Jesus in money to receive his free gift of salvation. All you need to do is to receive it and to give your life in exchange for the, 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 the gift of salvation. Meaning you now say to yourself, I belong to Jesus. Remember what we said? The gospel message is you as well recognizing that you belong to Jesus. You belong to Yahweh. You belong to Holy Spirit. You don't belong to yourself. If there is something I want you to take away from this episode is that the gospel message is the message, in fact, that you are exchanging your life in order to receive the life of Jesus Christ. You now belong to Jesus and you do not belong to yourself. This is what Jesus meant when he says to save your life, you must lose it. But anyone who is trying to save their lives, you will lose it. But if you just give your life away for his sake, right, for the sake of Christ, you will find your life. And in a nutshell, and in essence, this is, in fact, the gospel message. And now I just want to quickly go ahead and um, talk a little bit about when it comes to, again, the kingdom of God in the church. Very quickly, I want us to um, remember this now. Like I stated in last week's episode, I want you to understand again, you are the church. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are a member of the body of Christ. So you are the church. And it's also important for us to understand this as well concerning the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is a government. It is a system. Even in the book of Isaiah and Isaiah um, chapter nine, it talks about, um, you know, 
Jesus having the government on his shoulder. And this government that is referencing to is in fact talking about the kingdom of God, is about the kingdom of God. And so we need to recognize and see the kingdom of God as a government and as well as the government that is um, ruled by Jesus. And we also need to see that the kingdom of God is also a culture. Some of us, you may hear people say again, um, church culture, right? But the church does not have a culture. The church's culture is, in fact, kingdom culture. We have to, again, keep in mind that we are the church. The church is the people of God, but the kingdom of God is, in fact, the church's culture. And so sometimes you will see people will say, well, you know, um, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in a charismatic church. I grew up in a Baptist church. But in fact, in reality, we have to see the culture of the church as the kingdom of God. It's not about the denomination that you grew up in. It's not about the denomination of your current church. But are you, in fact, living according to the kingdom culture, right? God's kingdom. And so I believe moving forward, we have to see that, that the kingdom of God should be the church's culture, we should not even try as believers to try to, um, how can I say this? We should even try to connect faith and culture. When I say faith and culture, I'm talking about the culture of the world. Because I feel at times some people, what they try to do, they try to make themselves um, appear to be appear to be well-known when it comes to the world culture well-versed when it comes to the world culture but God is not wanting us to mix ourselves with the world culture God wants us to be the ones to you know bring forth the kingdom of God into the world Um, God wants us to inspire the world with the kingdom culture God doesn't want the world's culture to inspire us as his people amen and so moving forward this is what I believe God is is going to encourage every son and daughter of his to do is in fact to share God's kingdom culture to the world and not trying to mingle ourselves with the world culture. And so the gospel, amen. The gospel, we now know that the gospel is the good news. It's God's story. It is the good news of God coming in the flesh to redeem us from ourselves, to redeem us from our sinful nature, to redeem us from uh, death and give us eternal life again. The gospel message is literally a message of regeneration. God is God, in fact, resetting what happened in the uh, in the Garden of Eden. So the gospel message is, in fact, a full circle, a full circle message is to bring us into the alignment that God always wanted for us to have since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time, when God made Adam and Eve right in the Garden of Eden, God was wanting earth and heaven to be in alignment but in fact because of sin that alignment got disconnected that alignment um, got distorted but when Jesus came to the scene Jesus in fact was realigning heaven to earth once again and that is a perfect imagery of the of, of the garden of eden and this is what we see as well in the book of revelation when jesus come back as the lion of judah yes he's coming back to judge the world 
And honestly, he has the whole right to judge the world because, again, he has done it all for us. He has done it all for humanity to receive this free gift of salvation. And yet, unfortunately, still many people will continue to reject this gospel message, reject Christ. And he has no other choice but to come and bring his governmental rule, right? He bring his governmental rule onto the earth, and bring that alignment again of heaven and earth where the bible says he comes to create a new heaven and a new earth that literally means that he comes to regenerate them and bring them back to perfect alignment the way that they were always supposed to be since when god himself he said let us make man in our likeness in our image and so very quickly Let's go ahead and just review a little bit of what we discussed. And so on tonight's episode, we wanted to really answer this question. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And that is God coming to redeem us from sin, from death, from our own wickedness and lustfulness and clothing us with the righteousness of Jesus Christ and giving us eternal life. We understand as well the gospels also can mean um, the four gospels right from the new testament being the book of matthew the book of mark the book of luke and john but we also know again the gospel being god's story it is his good story as a whole and we know that we have life in fact because of the gospel and that the gospel is not just a story for us to ponder upon when it's easter time or even during this um, christmas season but the gospel is something right that we always should be reflecting on every single day of our lives we should always be integrate integrating the gospel message in our everyday life and all that we do for the glory of God. We also a little bit talked about the kingdom of God again, and as well as us being the church. The kingdom of God, again, you see, it is a government. It is Jesus's government. This is the government that he will rule in the new heaven and new earth. And he's already, already ruling even now from his position in heaven. But we also see that the kingdom of God, not only is it a government, and we should see ourselves as, you know, being a part of this government, but the kingdom of God itself as well is culture. It is the culture of God's people. And so it is not church having a culture. Again, we are the people of God. We are church, but it is God's kingdom. We are living according to God's kingdom culture. Amen. And so the kingdom of God is in fact our culture. It is not this world's culture. That is our culture. And so we should not try to mix ourselves with what it is that the world is doing. We're supposed to always be set apart. And we're the ones that's supposed to inspire the world with kingdom t- culture, not the other way around. And so, yeah. And that is all for tonight's episode, y'all. I pray that you guys have been enjoying this series. The series has been a blessing to me. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. Make sure you catch the series finale next week, December 30th. Until next time, y'all. Remember, all things are possible for Christ Jesus. Until next time, peace out. Take care.